everyone, welcome back to another episode of But Why the Podcast, and today we are talking about a game that has been around for 10 years, Minecraft. As always, I'm Kate, I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And the first question of the day is, did you play Minecraft, and what do you know about it? Uh, I'll go first. Um, so, I've talked about it before, how... Uh, my mom's brother, my uncle, kind of got me into a lot of different video games. And I remember him trying to show me Minecraft when I was younger, and I just didn't get it. And I felt so bad because like he could just feel that I just wasn't getting it, and he was just so passionate about like building all this cool stuff like with my aunt. But I just, I was like, what? This this looks dumb. I don't I don't like this. Can we go back to playing WoW, please? Like this is fun. Uh, so I just kind of just never went, really went back to it. I know that it's culturally significant. I, I've played it, but I haven't played it since that one day I played it when I was probably like 15, and I just haven't touched it again. Um, I know I now refer to it in like other building games like Ark. I always refer to Ark as like it's like Minecraft but with dinosaurs and better <laughs> graphics. So that's kind of my extent of using Minecraft in my life at the moment. So I will say, are you saying that you made your uncle feel like you're going to feel if your kid doesn't like Dragon Ball Z or Star Wars? Uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, not to that level, but like, I, I can definitely <laughs> feel I like, disappointed him. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think he was just ready for me to like go help him farm stuff and like, you know, do all this stuff. But I just I just wasn't about it, man. Like, this is all blocky. Like, this, this is dumb. That's how you made me feel when you didn't come back to play Ark with me. That's that was fun. good. Hey, man, <laughs> I tamed a lot of dinosaurs. OK. I, I did stuff and graphics were better in that one so yeah, yeah. so don't I'm, don't you dare don't you dare matthew relative. matthew don't you dare because i i didn't go to class and i was there that whole eight hours when we were getting raided you know you know where that doesn't happen minecraft okay no it does apparently it does, it does from what i'm told it does well was it would it be as epic as no fending off those people no i don't think so so i'm in the boat with adrian i don't get this i know it's relevant i know people like this I can't get past the gr- graphics look horrendous and awful, and I'm like, I'd rather just go play with Legos than like some virtual reality of brick looking thing in the bobbers. And I'm also like, also I could play Ark. That's an updated system with dinosaurs that I can build on there. That's all everybody tells me. Versus my dinosaur that looks like a freaking block. I don't know. I know people love this, and I know people play it a ton, and the people still play it. And open used for so many things, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't get this. Yeah, no, the kids that I work with in the high school and the middle school, like, I mean, there's like a Minecraft club where like some of the middle schoolers get together and play Minecraft. Like, like kids love this stuff. I, not that Kate, not, I'm saying you're you only like this because you're a kid, but I just like I know that Generation Z loves Minecraft still, like to this day, um, and I just don't understand why. And they could have like. I, hey man, like I'm, I feel like going up to him, like, hey man, do you want to go play another game that's like this, but better? Hey, and that's hey, how hey I man, feel with Minecraft. Do, do you want to go raise a baby pterodactyl for thirty-one hours with no sleep and then have it die horribly in a raid after? Yeah, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> I mean, that's better than whatever I saw from Minecraft. What do you even Minecraft? do in Minecraft? I think you I think that's build. what we're gonna learn today. <laughs> Yeah, that's Build what, what? Today. you're in like so a little I'm... world by yourself, just like congratulations. No, I built a house the... out of bricks, and it looks like a prison. No, no, I actually it's all built orange, I, I yellow, built a giant fucking library, like in Beauty and the Beast. Thank you very much. That was my entire. Well, of course goal. it did because all they're all bricks, so your books were just squares. No, that's not. No, Matt, that's not how any of this works. 
It's just not. It's not at all. So, as you can tell, I'm going to be leading this episode. You're going to be defending Minecraft against bricks. (laughs) I don't have to defend it because Minecraft makes enough money to defend itself. So what's the difference between Minecraft and me building a house with bricks outside? This, this thing makes money? People pay for this? One is virtual. There's a there's money behind Minecraft? There's a lot of money behind Minecraft. And a lot of it has to do with the way that they've licensed out the product. And uh, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get right, into cool. it. But anyway. Right. So, so tell us about Minecraft. I, I love Minecraft. I got into Minecraft when I was an adult. I was, I think it was like my sophomore year of college. I started playing um this is a game that it, you're gonna I'm, I'm gonna reference legos in a bit but it's essentially legos but it's it's limitless it's not restricted by how many you can have because of how the world is built and how extensive it is um essentially you can mold the entire world so you're loaded into a pre-generated map and you can mess with everything you can mess with mountains you can mess with hills you can build them it's 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 crazy it's fun and it's also a game where i would be like oh i want to build on this land and then i would spend the next eight hours clearing out a mountain (laughs) and i didn't realize that time had gone by and i would just lose time and it was done which is very similar to what happened when you were farming resources in arc you would just keep doing it (laughs) like it anyway it I do agree that Minecraft is geared towards younger audiences, and that's where Minecraft has found a lot of its niche. Um, It's kind of how it's found its groove, because as we're going to talk about, Minecraft has been able to be utilized in the education space, um, specifically because of the physics and mechanics that go behind the game and how the in-game physics work. Um, So... As we go into the history, Minecraft is a sandbox video game created by Swedish game developer Marcus Persson and released by Mahjong in 2011. Uh, Minecraft is a 3D sandbox game that has no specific goals to accomplish, allowing players a large amount of freedom in choosing how to play the game. However, there is an achievement system that is built into the game. Similar, I mean, I'll use Ark as the reference point, similar to Ark. You're generated into a land. You can play however you want. There's really nothing built into Oh, it. there was a goal in Ark. It was to kill everybody else in Ark. Really? Yes. <laughs> Adrian can confirm. That is how you play Ark. That's the only way you play Ark. That's why PvE servers are that's, dumb. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I was on that PvE server for a little bit, and it was boring. Why was it boring, Kate? Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have the fear of death. You have the fear but of death I, in Minecraft, huh? Oh fe- yeah. So the thing is, is Minecraft. You're not just there by itself. Like, so you can be loaded into an area like a village with other people, where you do have sort of like raiding mechanics and interactions with others. On top of that, the environment in Minecraft is also really, really, um, it's filled with PvE mechanics. So there are things like there's a monster called a creeper that if you interact, if you get next to them, 
they will blow up. I think that's like eight by eight. So it will demolish everything. And like most things that you build, if a wall comes down or the ground comes down or the foundation is the water will start rushing into your area. It'll ruin the rest of your things. Like there are mechanics where like you do have to worry about those types of things. So what does this water look like? Because it's all bricks. Yeah. It's it's like slants. It's like little ramps depending on where it goes. Like you can look up water. Like so one of the funnest things in Minecraft is figuring out how to have water flow correctly. And it's also one of the most annoying things because I tried to build a pool one time and you essentially transport water in buckets. And when you drop water, it has one stagnant brick that fills and then it slowly ramps off. And so whenever you're trying to fill a location, you have to figure out how to place those buckets in the correct order in the right space apart to actually fill it completely. Um, that's one of the problem solving mechanics of like using it that a lot of people use for educational purposes. Um, so gameplay is in the first person perspective by default, but players have the option for a third person perspective. I actually, I played in third person cause the first person was just weird. Um, the game world is composed of rough 3d objects, mainly cubes and fluids and commonly called blocks representing various materials such as dirt, stone, ores, tree trunks, water and lava um lava is really fun to play with uh the core gameplay revolves around picking up and placing these objects these blocks are arranged on a 3d grid while players can move freely around the world players can mine the blocks and then place them elsewhere enabling them to build things the game is virtually inf infinite and procedurally generated as players explore it using a map seed that is obtained from a system clock and a time of the world creation. And you can also manually specify it by players in the same way that the map is kind of procedure procedurally generated in arc. That's, that's how the system is too. You have to explore the world to unlock the places and it's a very rudimentary system. So it's really hard to read. Um, I also could not read the map in Minecraft the way I could not read the map in Ark. That was so. one of the disappointing things when, um, like, I like maps like this in general. That was one of the disappointing things when, like, Bethesda went away from that with, like, some of, like, Oblivion and Skyrim. I think Skyrim, they kind of went a little bit back, but a lot of it was, like, you have the entire map. Here yeah. you go. Versus, like, you have to actually explore to see what's on the map. Yeah. It's it's a really like that exploration mechanic is actually really fun and that's one of the things that really keeps you engrossed in Minecraft especially because there are there while there are limits on vertical movement so you can have your person fly or build up but there is a cap on how much you can build up there isn't a cap on how much you can build or walk on the horizontal plane um, due to technical problems when extremely distant locations are reached, however, there is a barrier preventing players from traversing to locations beyond 30, 30 million blocks, but it's virtually, it, it's essentially infinite. Um, but when it comes to mapping and everything, they do it by biomes because the world of Minecraft is broken into biomes, um, which is really cool. Um, which arc is essentially like Minecraft, just not Adrian, blocks. do you know what a biome is? Um, I, I learned that uh, one time during one of our episodes in the past. Uh, Kate was uh, so graciously explained what a biome is. Uh, Kate, would you like to explain what a biome is for our listeners who might not know what that is? And by listeners, I mean not me because I know what a biome is. <laughs> oh, oh, she's actually to. looking up. She's Googling how to explain a biome. Just I so. am because I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this because I said... One thing. 
essentially <laughs> biomes are uh by the Google definition, a large naturally occurring community of flora and fauna occupying a major habitat. So are, are they like pretty like basic biomes in this game? Like they're extremely basic. They're just like so grass versus yeah, grass, like cold, mountain. Hot. Cool. Yeah, that type of stuff. Um, the cool thing as well is you can actually go down. So you have a base world, and then you can you can go like there's an entire under underworld type thing. So I can that... journey to the center of the earth. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, fact, you said there's yeah. there's a limit on going up. Is there a limit to going down? Uh, so <laughs> the game defines it as no, there isn't a limit to going down. Um, especially because there's uses of portals that you can do as well. Um, but um in playing it there are definitely limits to going down in certain areas because they do use bedrock um mm. and the reason they use bedrock that you can't go down on is to make it harder to build so if you're trying to dig out an area and you hit bedrock you now have to adjust to the bedrock that you've hit um but it's uh it's not limited in the same space as like it just stops you um, as you go up top, it's just kind of like another layer of the world that's built into it. And it's actually really cool because you end up, as you dig down, you can actually find different types of caverns and like lava, different types of creatures, different types of resources. Um, yeah, so the game defines it as infinite going down. But when you actually use it, there are mechanics in the game that do stop you by using bedrock in certain locations. It's just a different type of mechanic is like hitting a ceiling, essentially um because it's different in every space um but it's really fun when you find those places it's also not fun when you dig too far down and lava comes into your house and it all burns down because there are fire mechanics and it sucks um if you have a fire too close to a ceiling so you have to have a certain block distance um your house will catch fire and it's it's not fun yeah that's cool arc didn't have that it's not fun at all um uh, so in in that way, uh, resources can only be used in certain places. Um, so the a game achieves the infinite horizontal planes by splitting the world data into smaller sections called chunks that are only created or loaded when players are nearby. Um, this is kind of the system that a lot of like large server based games have started to do or have wanted have done to like make larger worlds. Um, but this does come into some loading issues um, if you're when you start hitting those kind of thresholds. Um, but it's not terrible. Every game really implements them. So uh, the world is divided into biomes ranging from deserts to jungles to snowfields. The terrain includes plains, mountains, forests, caves, and various la lava and water bodies. The in-game time system follows a day and night cycle and one full cycle lasts 20 real minutes. Um, the day and night cycles are actually really important because at nighttime, a whole bunch of really crappy villains or like, uh, uh, environmental hazards come out. So you have Endermen who will take you and transport you away. Um, very similar to as you guys play an arc, if you die somewhere else, you will lose all of your stuff and you have to spawn where your spawn is set up. Um, so an Enderman taking you and transmitting you somewhere else is terrible especially if you're playing on a game system that has a survival mode enabled and isn't based on just kind of a creative mode um, but creative mode usually doesn't have you can turn these things on and off in the game and kind of define how you're going to play too um 
and then you also have creepers which are probably the most iconic um um iconic of the adversaries in minecraft that also come out at night and then you also have zombies um which are all cool to play against um and this goes into um essentially players encounter various types of non-player characters as mobs such as animals villagers and hostile creatures and i defined the hostile creatures um and the cool thing is a lot of those are burned by the sun so like zombies skeletons there uh, you can also drown them um and then you have the creature of uh, the creeper which i explained the endermen um which just really the other thing that they can do is they can also pick up they can pick up a block that you have in your area and transport it somewhere else so they can like essentially deconstruct everything that you've done um when you start messing with them which really sucks um and then you have like the passive mods which you just hunt for food or crafting materials so cows pigs chickens and they spawn in the daytime and that's opposite to the darker mobs spawning at night or in caves um many commentators have described the game's physics as unrealistic because liquids continuously flow for a limited horizontal distance from source blocks um, which is what i talked about with the water but even though those are unrealistic you can build complex systems um, using primitive mechanical devices, um, electrical circuits, um, lo uh, logic gates, that kind of stuff, um, which is why it's used and implemented in an educational setting because it is toned down and it does use a lot of problem solving. So as much as people don't like the way that the that the actual physics of transmitting a bucket of water works, the actual in-game physics of it facilitates a lot of problem solving, especially in younger kids. Um, Minecraft also has two alternate dimensions besides the overworld, which is where you're loaded into. You have the nether and the end. I've only, um, the end came out after I started playing or after I stopped playing, but the nether was there. So the nether is a hell-like dimension accessed via a player built portal and it contains unique resources that can be used to travel great distances in the overworld. So essentially you go into the nether to get resources you can't get on top and then utilize those resources on top to expand your play. Um, and then you have the end, which is a barren land consisting of islands. A boss dragon called the Ender Dragon dwells on the main island, and killing the dragon cues the game's ending credits and a poem written by Irish novelist Julian Goh, or Goh, and I have never reached that. I forgot that this was a thing. Um, I actually texted my brother. My brother said, yes, it's a thing, and the dragon's really hard to kill. Um, and the game ultimately consists of five game modes, survival, creative, adventure, hardcore, and spectator. And all of these can be um, adjusted with different difficulty system setting um, of four different levels. Um, survival mode is just Minecraft crafting. Uh, crafting. Um, yeah, so you just gather natural resources such as wood and stone. And then you also have to um, maintain your health. You have to maintain your food. You have to maintain your water. Typical survivor mode. Um, hardcore mode is a survival mode variant that is locked on the hardest setting with permadeath, with no respawn. Um, and it permanently deletes everything if you die. I played hardcore one time and lost like nine hours work of worth. 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 Nine hours worth of work, and I didn't play it again. 
Uh, creative mode it is, is essentially um, having a PvE mode where nothing really is bad and everything is unlimited. Or like a personal run server, you do whatever the hell you want um, and you have unlimited amounts of everything. Um, adventure mode was added to Minecraft in version 1.3 and it's designed specifically so that players can uh, experience a user-crafted custom maps and adventures. Uh, gameplay is similar to survival mode, but introduces various player restrictions, which can be applied to the game world by the creator of the map. Um, so essentially, in the same way that you can host your own um, your own ARC servers, you can create maps for people to drop in and drop out of. And this is kind of just letting people come into your world. And uh, in adventure mode, you're force you force players to obtain required items and experience adventures in the way that the map maker intended. So one of the really cool things that happens in Minecraft is almost all of the or all of the DLC is user generated content. And as all, most of these are. Yeah, it's all user generated content, and then any sort of um, like market system is all built to just trade stuff that people have made. And then of course there's spectator mode, and spectator mode allows players to fly around through blocks and watch gameplay directly interacting. Um, in this mode, instead of having an inventory, players have the ability to teleport to other players. It is also possible to view from the perspective of another player or creature. And this game mode can only be accessed within the Java or PC edition of the game. And then you have multiplayer, which I talked about, like which I, like I said before. Um, it's available through direct game-to-game -game multiplayer, uh, land play, local split screen, and then you can also have the server host hosting, um, a lot similar to ARC. It enables multiple players to interact and communicate with each other in a single world, and players can also run their own servers. Single player worlds have a local area network support, allowing players to join in and out um, locally. And then my Minecraft multiplayer servers are guided by server operators who have access to server commands and setup restrictions. And then multiplayer servers essentially have a wide range of activities with some uh, with, with some servers having their own unique rules and customs, but this is also where you kind of get like that rating mechanic and those larger aspects of the big bigger survival games. Do you have any questions about the history? No, I mean, this sounds basically your straightforward survival game. You have one where you can do whatever you want, one where you basically, it's like living life, and then you have one that's generic, it's hard, and then one that basically is customized to where you kind of make a venture out of it. There's... To me, there's nothing groundbreaking. Obviously, I don't remember in 2011 if that was groundbreaking per se. It was groundbreaking in 2011. Because I'm trying to think, because there's a lot, because as much as we reference ARC, there's a lot more than just ARC that were uh, survival games and when they came out. Because, I mean, Rust at this point might have been coming out as well, depending on things. Because what we do forget is, uh, I believe 2016 is actually ARC. And that had already been out yeah. for about a the year. The first survival game is Unreal Worlds, and that debuted mm. in 1992. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about yeah. just in this time frame, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, no questions until, like, the, but why those really I mean. The history seems pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, it sounds like there's, like, a lot more stuff to do in the thing. I think, I think when I think about ARC, the first time I loaded into ARC, I got eaten by a raptor. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't want that to happen again. How do I do this? And then when I played Minecraft, I didn't chop down trees to make a something stupid. I just didn't get, I just didn't get to all this cool stuff. And I think just because of like 
the area that I was in, nothing came and attacked me and like killed me immediately to make me think that there was going to be anything more than just building blocks on top of blocks and then getting water buckets, which is like fine. It's just not my kind of game. Um, so I'm interested to see and like about why those like how this thing makes a bunch of money and how it's still going after all these years. Yeah, that's been one of the. Oh, I was going to say to your point, Matt, uh, Terraria is the one that comes out in the same time and is like it's Minecraft's main competitor is Terraria and then Rust doesn't come out till 2013. Okay, so two years after. Yeah. But yeah. Um, But no, um, I get it and I know there's some fun stuff and I've seen people do fun stuff, but I can't get over just blocks and blockheads and blocks. I mean, that's why, I mean, it took me a couple of years to play it. Like, I think I started playing this in 2013. But they're blocks. Sophomore or junior year. Yeah, it just reminded me of Legos, and I also didn't want to play it because of how it looked. And then I actually started playing it, and I got fairly addicted. So. But they're blocks. And they're fun. (laughs) But no, okay. everything else seems pretty standard for a survival game and whatnot. Cool. So from here, we will get into the but why those after this. Hey, everyone. Do you like but why though? Well, the PodCoin app is a podcast player that pays you to listen to this podcast and every other podcast that you like. Just get the PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android and start listening today. It's free and super easy to use, with every minute you listen getting you sweet, sweet coins. It turns your podcast listening into charity, or if you're like me, you just get some Amazon or Starbucks gift cards. I use the PodQueen app to do all my podcast listening now, and I love it. Seriously, just go get the PodQueen app and use invite code BUTWHYTHO, B-U-T-W-H-Y-T-H-O, and you'll get 300 extra PodCoin just for signing up if you use our code. That's 300 PodCoin just for signing up for using code BUTWHYTHO. Go ahead and give PodCoin a try today. So for the BUTWHYTHOs, the very first one is indie devs. Um... And the reason it, I'm classifying it as indie devs is Minecraft is one of those games that went from pretty much obscurity, guy just having fun making, into this is a the, it made its creator one of Forbes billionaires. Um, ultimately, um, the game was created by Marcus Notch Pierce, uh, person uh who began developing the game as just a project it wasn't even supposed to be something large at the time he had been visualized an isometric 3d build game that would be a cross between his inspirations and had made some early prototypes minecraft itself was first released in may of 2009 as a developmental release on the tig source forums so minecraft gets its start with other coders it gets its start with people who are also, who are making games, and it's not necessarily like made for the public public. Um, and this is known as the classic version. Further milestones, dubbed as Survival Test, InDev, and InfDev, were released in September 2009, and then in February 20, 2010. Although the game saw, saw updates in between, and the first major update for the game, dubbed the Alpha version, was released in. Uh, in June twenty uh, June of twenty ten, 
Although Person maintained a day job at uh, Jalbum.net, which is a big Swedish company, um, at first he later quit in order to work on Minecraft full-time as sales of the alpha version of the game expanded. Uh, Person continued to update the game with releases distributed to users automatically. These updates included new items, new blocks, new mobs, survival mode, and changes to the game's behavior, specifically the in-game physics and how water flows. To bank the development of Minecraft, Person set up a video game company, Mahjong, with the money earned from the game initially. On In December of 2010, Person announced that Minecraft was entering its beta testing phase, and on uh, later that same month, uh, later that same month, um, he further stated that bug fixes and all updates leading up to and including the release would still be free. Um, this is very similar to like the alpha testing stage that we or the and the beta testing stage that we get in a lot of games now that never actually come to fruition and become a full game. Ark, Ark and a Ark is a free is a full game, but B after this... how many years? Well, I mean, I don't even know if Rust is actually a full game yet. But yeah. a lot of these games, you don't have to pay for those for these phases. And that's been a been the weird, like, give and take that we've kind of talked about of, like, I love early release games because, one, they're cheap, and I know they're going to be keep adding new content. And most of the time, you get all that free, for sure. But I'm also kind of like, we've led to this whole point of, like, now people just throw half a game out there, charge you some money, and, like, we'll eventually, hopefully, put it all together. Yeah. And if not, oh, well, that's what you understood when you gave us your money in the first place. Yeah. So it's nice getting these $20 games, and sometimes they do end up doing coming all full circle and re released. Because, I mean, much as we make fun of, like, our thing, we got our money's worth for what we paid, for sure. Oh, yeah. But there's also, like, other games that just never end up coming out. And then there's, yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, then we have other games, like, even, like, Fallout 76, which came out last year, which is literally, basically, was essentially an early access game that they charge you full price for and was complete, basically, garbage with bugs when it first out. And now, I mean, I'm pretty sure they fixed a lot of the stuff, but it's one of those, you might as well, basically, you released an early access game. Yeah. But you didn't call it that. So, but I also think that this also explains because, like, when I said the launch date or the actual date that it came out was in 2011, that doesn't make the game 10 years old. But when you actually start it from its development cycle and alpha testing stage, it uh, started in 2009. And because this was actually run by, um, at least from what I understand from Minecraft, the fact that it had so much success in the forums and within this smaller community that made it like a niche kind of like cult type thing is one of the reasons why it is stated as starting in 2009 as opposed to its wide release in 2011, which is which when is, Mahjong moves it out of beta. Yeah, which is kind of like why we brought up the early access of like a lot of people don't realize, which we kind of get a better, we kind of know now because now people are charging for those. And to, for basically now we've moved forward to 10 years later of in 2019, this beta stage, people charge you 20 bucks for and you can play yeah. that thing. Versus here, you had versions and people just don't know that a lot of games, like as much we bring up our, like I said, it had been on the PC for over probably about a year or so before yeah. we even got it to when we started playing it. Yeah. And same with the, a lot of the, well, now we basically have, you have this stage of early access that happens and then you get the port over to a console, which is usually about a year or so later. And then usually you got about another year or two, depending on your date, of then it's actually possibly a full-fledged, yeah. quote-unquote, release-finished game. 
And like most releases of something to a white audience, um, Minecraft ended up going through a crap ton of issues with server stability. And in February of 2012, Mahjong announced that they had actually hired the developers of the popular server platform Craft Bucket to improve Minecraft support and uh, supportive server modifications. This acquisition also included Mahjong apparently taking full ownership of Craft Bucket modification, um, so mods. Um, although the validity of this claim has been questioned due to its status as an open source project for many contributors, um, although it's licensed under GNU general public license and lesser general public license. So um, the one of the cool things within coding and game development is a lot of these things run off of what's called open source and open sourcing a project means that you have the general public being able to contribute to what it is versus having having it being developer built. So if I wanted to contribute to an open source project, I do not have to be an employee of that thing. A closed source project is a company only running it through its employees. Which um, is why when we go to server games or uh, survival games and a lot of this stuff with these types of things and these mod things where we ran into issues now of basically like for the bringing up arc again of say arc ran into a lot of stuff all of their actual new release content was literally something the mod did and they were basically basically making money off basically what the general public has essentially made for them yes and, and that, that's been a huge issue as well and that's one of the biggest issues that happens when um yep. this next step in um the journey of indie game to big game happens uh in 2014 which is when microsoft bought mahjong for 2.5 billion dollars along with the ownership of minecraft as an ip um the deal was suggested by person when he posted a tweet asking for somebody to buy his share of the game um because at this point minecraft had been going through so many issues um, and it was just because it became so popular and they didn't have a way to kind of deal with it. Um, so every time Mahjong and um, Person were in, were fixing the game or working on bugs that were happening, he kept getting criticism. And at some point he just kind of was like, nope, not doing this anymore. And he tweeted out, anyone, anyone want to buy my share of Mahjong? So I can move on with my life. Getting hate for trying to do the right thing is not my gig. Um, so this guy became a billionaire by putting out a tweet. Can you tweet out, does anyone want to take uh, But Why Though? <laughs> so we should get $2.5 billion. It's such an obscene amount of money. It's so much money. Why? Yep, after why did they do this? After arbitration, he became a one's, one of Forbes listed billionaires. That is actually insane for some blacks. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> I did not know that. I did not know that Microsoft bought it for that yep. much money. That dude yeah. is chilling. Yep. So I knew that Microsoft had bought it for a lot of money, but I thought it was like $1 billion and maybe like something like that. I knew it was $2.5 billion. Yeah. Because I knew it was a lot of money when this happened. And what happens after Microsoft buys it is licensing. Yes. They license a crap ton of stuff. Yes. Like a metric crap ton of things get licensed after they own the IP. Um, Which, within the Minecraft community, at least from what my brother said, because my brother was like, this is like my brother's middle school and high school years have like just an obsession with Minecraft. Um it's something that is hated a lot of um, just a lot of the merchandising that's happened 
um it's kind of like the rift of like kind of like the, the rift of like hipster and it's popular. basically the sellout thing yeah basically for gaming essentially. yeah um so one of the other but why those is user generated goodness um a wide variety of user generated dlc for minecraft such as mods texture packs and custom maps exists and are available on the internet itself um but when you start looking at it like modifications of minecraft's code essentially change things from gameplay to blocks and mobs so like you have everything you have every every piece of minecraft that can be modded has been modded and is available for um for essentially getting um the modding community is responsible for the majority of them so there have been there have been mods to minecraft to make it pokemon to make it portal to make it the hunger games um to make mods easier to create and install mahjong announced in 2012 that it planned to add an official modding application programming interface so they they essentially launched a um an actual api to actually to deal with this um and it one of the beauties of minecraft and one of the reasons why people love it so much is it was a game that not only facilitated you to build inside, but it allowed it, it allowed you to build on top of it as a game itself. And it's also one of the reasons why it's been used to teach people to code, um, because it does have that ability to run a um, a dedicated API for it. Um, texture packs that alter the game's textures and HUD are also available as created by the community. In 2013, texture packs texture packs were placed replaced with resource packs which have the same role as texture packs but also allow for customized audio and the customized audio is when you hit um one of like when it's dark in the world so when it's nighttime in minecraft um when you're mining something it sounds different than when you're mining a different block so if you're running through if you're going through a mountain area and you're and you're you're mining stone the moment you start hitting gold or silver you'll hear a different um an audible an audible difference and very very noticeable um and so um you can use you, you can essentially change those keys is what i'm trying to say um players also um create their own maps which are often contain specific rules challenges puzzles and quests this is where adventure mode comes in and in 2012 mahjong added um added that adventure mode um mahjong also added customized blocks which were created specifically for custom maps and in 2016 mahjong added two new versions repeat and chain of classic command blocks which were also created specifically for a custom map the piece where people don't like microsoft is microsoft also ended up building an internal market within the system which essentially sold people's work um with microsoft taking stuff from it well so. sadly everybody's been doing that too like yeah. people hate the uh bethesda did the same thing with the mod community of fallout for the most part yeah um so essentially um there's an internal marketplace that's run through like little villages and there that's where you essentially buy and sell and uh microsoft gets a lot of money from that that's what I was wondering. Like, where are they making the money at if, like, all this stuff is just so... Okay, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And then they're also making a lot of their money from their spinoffs, which is another but why, though. 
Um, Minecraft has been spun off into a lot of different things. The first and most well-known being Minecraft Story Mode. Um, Minecraft Story Mode is essentially an episodic spin spin-off game developed by Telltale, RIP, in collaboration. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> in collaboration with Mahjong was announced in December of 2014, consisting of five episodes plus three additional downloadable episodes. The standalone game is narrative and player choice driven and is released on Windows, uh, Microsoft Windows, OS X, iOS, PlayStation 3, 4, Xbox 360, and 1, and uh, was available for download in 2015. So, um, story mode is great. Um, yes. Only reason I say that is, um, so I've actually seen and watched some of this stuff, and especially the way they've entered, uh, done it with like the crowd. Or they've done it with been able to do with crowd and join. They've implemented it into like a streaming, either be via Twitch or conventions. We've actually saw. I think they released one of the last episodes per se. I think was at a whatever it was a RTX one year. We saw the new when they released the story mode for this, and it's actually relatively really enjoyable to watch and play along with. But yeah, but not That's the only Minecraft I have. <laughs> Experience why, I got. Why? Because the graphics are better. Uh, just a sto- well, the way, yeah. One, just a story. <laughs> story. Just the graphics just are still terrible. Time, the graphics are the sad part is, I don't, mode. there's a lot of games that I just don't care about graphics in one part. I think they say some games take a lot of heat for graphics, but this was one I could never get over. There's just so much yellow blocking, and I didn't care. Dude, how um, do you think I feel? I, I'm, I'm thinking back, and I'm like, th- I think this is this like might be like a subconscious way, like, why I didn't like this game? So I'm like doing some research and stuff. Like, you have to like texture pack, maybe don't like some texture packs to get to do like a colorblind mode. You know how much stuff just runs together in this thing now that I'm yeah. looking at pictures? That this game is not meant for me. That actually might be why you didn't like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, he was like, oh, go mine this thing or like go do this thing. And I was like, this isn't this not what you asked for? You're like, no, that's this. And I was like, well, fuck, man. It's all blocks to me that all are all relatively That's what I'm saying. The they're color. all blocks. So the blue block is water, but the red block is lava. But I am looking at Reddit yellow- and... Some people did make texture packs for this, so the open source stuff was good. Yeah. I don't know how also, much that stuff stays in there because Microsoft has stuff now, but at least in it, 2015, you know, yeah, 14, it stays, yeah, it all stays in there. So there is a lot of it essentially that is completely free because of it. It's weird. So I was trying to look up like the specifics of it, but it's really murky. So there is a lot of stuff that is free from player to player, and then there is some stuff that is microtransactions microtransaction based um but it's kind of murky on what is and isn't and i think it has to do with when microsoft took control so like stuff that is supported from a certain time point to a certain time point um but if you're listening and you know the answer to that please at me so i can know the answer to that but it was actually pretty hard to kind of figure out um but i do know it is one of those things too is when the game was built it wasn't built like uh, like Assassin's Creed, right? Like they didn't need to put in a colorblind mode because it was supposed to be user generated. Um, and because it relied on user generation from the moment it was first brought out, that's why you had to deal with it. But it also meant that if you did not know this going into buying the game, you bought the game and then was like, well, I can't see anything. Yeah, I think that's a big thing too. Like I played this like when it came out because I remember my uncle being excited about it coming out. So like none of this... Back in my day playing Minecraft, none of this none of this cool stuff was there yet. 
but it's cool like the, that they added all this stuff in there um and that i think like the bigger thing is like microsoft is like letting them keep making this stuff because they can easily be like no it's our turn to do all the stuff and we're gonna roll out stuff and update stuff. is that really cool when microsoft said hey we'll take 10 percent if y'all just want to keep adding stuff i mean we don't have to do work but we get 10 percent from whatever you do Hey man, I would gladly live off of that. That's the best job in the world. Hey man, when you make two point <laughs> five billion dollars off of it, you gotta make your money back somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like I said story mode's about the only thing of Minecraft that I played, or I guess not even played or experienced, and I thought it, I actually enjoyed it. Because um, it also doesn't involve any of the survival things. You're literally just watching a world that has already been built, and you're watching people move through it. Yeah, and it's still hideous to watch, but. I mean, there is a narrative. It wasn't bad. You said you do get choices, and depending on how you play, whether you choose your own choice or you have like a crowd of some sort choose the choices, yeah. which it's can be good or bad. Um, it's a really big thing in the let's in the let's play world. Yes, um, it's an extremely big thing there. Um, which I was going to let you talk about a little bit more before I go into like the actual voicing of the people because it actually it's pretty cool people in there too. Yeah. So. Um, the Telltale, so the story mode has been utilized in community events, and Let's Play is, like, it's essentially, like, streaming, but it's all community-based. So there are entire communities based around Minecraft story mode, um, and people have also built out their own story modes, too. In addition to the existing story mode that Telltale put out, they've you also have the user-generated content that is also replicating that, but in a different, in, in within their own pieces. Um, yeah, so the first trailer for Story Mode was released in 2015 at Minecon, which is the designated convention for Minecraft. That's when you really know you've made it, Adrian. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and when I tell you where it was held later on in the But Why Those, it wasn't tiny. Um, the, oh yeah, and it revealed the game's features in Minecraft Story Modes. Players control Jesse, who is voiced by Patton, Patton Oswalt yep. and Catherine Tabor, who sets out on a journey with his or her friends, depending on who you choose, um, in order to save their world. Brian Poson, Ashley Johnson, Scott Porter, Martha Pimpton, De uh, Dave Fenoy, Dave Corey Feldman, Billy West, and Paul Rubens all have parts in the cast. Do you want to talk more about the voice actors? <laughs> what? Did you want to talk more about the voice oh, actors? I, were, I just knew Pat and Oswald played uh, also Jesse for the most part. Yeah. And it just didn't seem like... Um, these other people I do know, I couldn't tell you exactly Paul who Rubens. they... Yeah, I was like, I just can't pitch them, but the names look familiar. I'm not the best person for voice acting like you all are because your anime stuff or whatever thingamabobbers that you people do. Paul um, Rubens is Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, um, okay. didn't care for Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I, I, I thought. I mean, I, I thought you were going to talk more about like this cast, which is like. I was stacked. going to say that it was a good stacked <laughs> cast, but I was letting you people actually talk it's about a good it. Stacked so. cast, but I only know about an Oswald. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew like Corey Feldman. Ashley. I think Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Yeah. Martha Plimpton sounds familiar for some reason. Billy West. Billy Corey West. Corey Feldman. 
Yeah, I said Corey Feldman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I do know some of these people, but you guys are going to go, they played my 17 animes that I watched that I do give no shits about. There aren't actually that many anime voices in here, Matt. (laughs) Doesn't matter. I was waiting for that. There are people out, voice actors exist outside of anime. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) You, sir, are something else entirely. Um, but Dave Fenoy is actually a really big voice, especially when it comes to video games. He's in, uh, like, Stage of Decay, uh, Crackdown, uh, Darksiders. Like, he does a lot of those things. He's also in, um, he voices Lucius Fox in the Batman games. Um, and, yeah, he does a crap ton of stuff. Um, yeah, he's, like, the only one out of, like the big names or outside of the big names that I know. Um, yeah, I don't know if Adrian, there are any that stick out to you. Um, outside of the ones that you've mentioned, I mean, Ashley Johnson does a bunch of stuff and she's also like on critical role and she's done a bunch of like voices for like video games and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, this like would make me want to play this game. If anything, just for like the voices, I'd like to see like this cast kind of like interact with each other voice wise. Um, Yeah. yeah, Dave Fenoy was also uh, Krell in The Clone Wars. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And he voiced World of Warcraft as well. He did uh, Fallout voices. Um, he's done a lot. Like, actually, I really like this dude. Um, but it's also. Yeah, really I was going to say, like, this seems like more of like a video game cast than it does yeah. like a anything else cast. Like, this is like yep. a legit video game cast. Yep. <laughs> um. And then, in addition to the spinoff, you also have Minecraft Dungeons. Minecraft Dungeons is a planned dungeon crawler game that was announced in development at Minecon at 2018, so it hasn't come out yet, but it's set in the Minecraft universe, and uh, you'll be able to play alone or up to four people, and it's just going to be um, generated dungeons from Minecraft. Um, and then you have... We're going, we going full MMO in Minecraft. <laughs> Pretty much. That sounds like a complete um, ripoff. But and yeah. then you have... Uh, Minecraft Earth. Minecraft Earth is an upcoming AR game that was announced by Microsoft this year in May. And the game's going to allow players to interact with the world and build Minecraft-style structures and objects that will persist and can be modified by other players. The game will implement resource gathering and many other features of general of, of the original game in an augmented reality setting. And the game is planned to be released in beta in, this summer. Um, so the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality is virtual reality, you essentially when you put on the headset, you're entering a completely different reality set up by the game. Augmented reality is like Pokemon Go. Or not Pokemon Go. Um, yeah, it's like Pokemon Go. Like where you... Um, what's the... There's a game where you take a... Like you, I haven't played Pokemon Go forever. Essentially, augmented reality means if you hold up your phone, you still get the background of the restaurant yeah. that you're at, but you see something else on top of it. Yeah, that's Pokemon Go. That's Pokemon Go, right? Yeah. Yeah, Pokemon Go, has that. yeah. Po- Pokemon Go is augmented reality, where it's still reality, but there's something else existing in that space that is changed. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because like, virtual reality for Minecraft sounds fucking awful. Yeah. I get to pick up blocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These yellow, ugly makes it sound blocks. A little bit more, uh... So I looked at like the announcement that they made and essentially what it's going to be like is you'll be walking in the real world 
and you can build structures and then as you move from the real world you can also see stuff other people have made interact with it and that kind so of you stuff. get to be a virtual reality construction worker augmented reality construction worker i but think it would be fun but if you're able to like to see like all the cool stuff that other people have built i think that's kind of cool yeah i guess like i think it's really cool build like a giant pikachu in your backyard but yeah. it's gonna be out of blocks yeah have you seen the stuff that people have made out of blocks though cool stuff yeah like pretty cool stuff because like on a small scale blocks seem terrible but when you actually start building up and out into larger pieces you can build out full at full picture i mean that's all pictures are it's just lots of little blocks They're like tiny <laughs> pixels there are also mods for pokemon by the way you can make like like I said earlier, you can make an entire world that is just Pokemon. Are they all but blocked people Pokemon? Can't see, people, all people have to come into your house to see your Legos, though. People can see your Legos. Well, but it's not even, and it's not even people just coming over to your house to see your Legos. It's Legos are finite. Like mm-hmm. if I buy this Lego set, I buy it, and unless I go completely against the instructions, I make this thing, and that's it. Even if I buy an entire free, free play Lego set of a thousand blocks, that's all I have. When you're going to Minecraft, you actually have unlimited resources and unlimited space. It's called being resourceful. <laughs> no, Matt. Because no. we don't ha- we have a finite amount I mean, of resources. No. I mean, it's free to play. I'll, I'll download it. I'll, I'll, I'll mess with it. When, see, see what happens. Like, there is a difference. Like, yeah, I love Legos. But this is essentially Legos in a different form in that you can just keep building and it doesn't stop. Like you can actually make complex circuit systems. And, yeah. And I think uh, the, what's the name of that? Um, there's an actual name for the, the experiments where you like drop a ball on something and it triggers everything else. You know what I'm I hate about? those things. Those things look so cool, but those things are just so uh, cool. uh, mouse trap. It's called mouse trap. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the short game version of it. <laughs> um, Anyway, you can build those in Minecraft. Like, there is essentially... The I watched ability. somebody build it outside, too. You can and pull you can up do, videos of doing it outside, too. And, and you can do that from your phone. What I think is, like, super important when you think about, like, all the stuff that you're saying, you can't... You, you've worked in education, man. You need like, resources you, and space to do those things. Yeah, you. but you can just do it from your phone. Yeah. Which, which I think will be an important, like, teaching tool to do those complex systems when you can just do it from your phone and you don't have to, like, Man, them kids are going to be on Instagram and Twitter. They ain't going to be looking at your damn lesson hey, man, plan. Kids, uh, love, no, so kids love Minecraft. I don't think you're biggest, underestimating how much they love Minecraft. One of the biggest line, not biggest, but one of the lines of revenue for Microsoft is actually through education. So they have Minecraft Education Edition, and the difference between Minecraft Education Edition and regular Minecraft is you can actually save stuff as projects and upload them into cloud-based things so that you can actually be graded on them. And the reason this is really good is especially for um, schools that either don't have the resources to fund full areas or um, if you're trying to explain complex systems without the space to do it, um, you can do that within the world. This is actually a really valuable teaching tool and it's been adapted into a lot of classrooms um, across the country, but specifically in the Netherlands. Like, the Netherlands have embraced this in a completely different way. It's just picking up with the U.S., but it's it's in a lot of Netherlands school systems, or not the, the, the Scandinavian school systems. Uh, Minecraft is actually an integral part of their educational system um, because it does work 
in um, science classrooms, math classrooms, that kind of right. stuff. Um, so in January 2006, Microsoft announced a new tool for education called Minecraft Education Edition, which was released that November. Minecraft has already been in use, has already been used in classrooms under Minecraft EDU. That's an actual website that actually houses pro projects that you can go look at. Um, you can you can also kind of like Blackboard or Canvas um, in a school system, like essentially like a CRM that runs oh, I hated Blackboard. projects and stuff. Blackboard was but terrible. That's essentially what also happens at Minecraft EDU. It's run. It helps you run projects for your students, um, and this is implemented around the world in order to teach kids core STEM arts as well as poetry. I don't know about the poetry piece, but all the stuff. This that block, I, up, I say, this block is yellow. Anyway, Matt, it's been used a lot to help get kids more involved with STEM and actually have them with um, on-hands projects that you can't do otherwise, especially for lower-income areas. Um, Minecraft Education Edition is designed specifically for classroom use, and the Education Edition gives teachers tools, like I said, that, that they need to use Minecraft on an everyday basis. Um, there are a few differences between regular Minecraft Education Edition, like I kind of mentioned before. The main concept is the same. The game is an open sandbox world. The students' characters in Education Edition are able to uh, to retain characteristics. Students are um, able to download the game at home without having to buy their own versions of the game. So essentially, the school buys the license, and then the license is then given to students, um, which is actually really good because it does help with those cost barriers that come to things like books and all those other things like this doesn't replace books but essentially like i use like using that as like a lot of times in educating kids have to go out and buy educational products themselves which is really hard on a lot of families um but now that we live in a world where everything is connected most most homes have some sort of computer and you don't need high operating power to run minecraft um, which is one of the reasons why having a free license to give to your kids is really important. Um, beyond that, the large differences is that students can take in-game photos with a camera item in order to show their projects. And these photos can, like I said, can be stored in an online notebook for the students. The online notebooks can also be shared with other students and it can be shared across licenses. So different school districts, different schools can actually um, uh, collaborate and share project progress um, using users who play the bedrock or crossplay edition can activate education edition features in the option section of the game so there are different versions of the game that exist i didn't really go into them there because there are a lot like there are different types of versions for different um, types of operating systems uh, different types of like if you're a modder you use if you make mods you use a different version of minecraft than the person who plays on their xbox that type of stuff um the main thing that minecraft facilitates and it's actually really sim similar to what we covered in our lego um in our lego episode um it facilitates collaboration problem solving science architecture and engineering um, the largest areas of the world that embrace it is specifically the Netherlands as well as other Scandinavian countries, um, which to that I say, if Scandinavians are using it, that usually means it's a very good educational tool because they have a very, they have a really high standard for education in those countries. Um, You're saying that we don't have a high standard here? We don't put any money into our education system to have a high standard. Because a lot of teachers are just doing what they can to get by. 
Um, but the good thing about moving towards more technology in the classroom and embracing it is it allows you to do more with less, um, which is what a lot of these countries have done and realized. And it's starting to pick up in school. Like if you look at uh, Minecraft education, um, like some of their recent launches and um, the Microsoft platform, all of the stories that you'll have are from American school systems um, to showcase how they've been doing it. Because surprise, surprise, there is a larger barrier in the U.S. to make a case for having video games in your classroom. Yeah, it's not bad. It's like $5 per student. Mm-hmm. So it's not not bad at all. And look at they provide like all like the training resources. Yep. Because the thing that I was worried about is like, well, what happens when you have teachers who don't know how these things work or didn't play Minecraft? Uh, but they, they provide like literally all the resources. All it takes is from school to pay pay five yep. bucks for the kids. So, yep, it's extremely accessible. Yeah, um, super and, accessible. And one of the big things that it that it teaches, and this is um, kind of like a life skill that's been that the game has been used for, and it's something that survival games in general you learn is resource management. Hold on, what? Resource management. Hold on, what? I'm bad at it, um, but. You don't see it talked about a lot. Um, you see everybody talk about the ability to create complex systems within the game, make circuits, all the type of stuff that I've already mentioned. But resource management is actually really critical in early childhood um, because it prepares you for later for on. For what? Because why? Because you need to manage your resources, Matt. Can you please stop so I can keep it going on with this point? Once children become thoroughly engrossed in Minecraft, they begin to start calculating the costs of their resources, and this facilitates their ability to manage their resources, save, and this is a real-life applicable skill that a lot of people don't know, myself included. Um, yes. For, for example, wood can be acquired by hand, but it's faster to use an axe. However, all of those tools will eventually wear out, necessitating, um, necessitating even more resources, and the child begins weighing the economics of labor and resources as they seek to craft a whole bunch of recipes that are found in the game. So you learn, um, I mean, it's the basis of every survival, well, right? Like an axe, an axe will, um, an axe harvests wood, but it, it, it may harvest stone, but it harvests it slower and deteriorates faster. You have a finite amount of resources that you can use in a certain area, and you have to go to different areas. Essentially, this is a life skill that is actually really hard to teach in classrooms because you don't have full setups that support it. Like saying, giving a kid, I'm going to give you five pixie sticks, and I'm going to take two. Like, it works, I guess, kind of, but it's not like actually putting them in an environmental system that makes them use well, these types of things in the brain. Um, that actually trigger effective resource management. Yes, which, by the way, as much as I gave you all a bunch of crap in the last section of understanding things with resources, of having limited resources and everything, obviously the educational stuff does, and the main thing of like doing all that and why I mentioned that was because of resource management, which obviously having all of this whole thing, which you have people need to understand of this whole thing, we give people unlimited resources of that's just not how things work in the real world. And so why to do the extreme example of Legos, if you have limited number of Legos, you'd be resourceful. In general, there is, no matter what you need to learn, eventually the economics of labor and resources. So the other thing that it's been used to do outside of, um, like, in-classroom teaching, so far as, like, in-game teaching, it's also been used to teach coding. 
And so essentially Minecraft has also teamed up with Hour of Code campaign, which inspires children to begin uh, coding and creating. So they've utilized their ability of having this like really big open source network of creating mods to actually start teaching kids to code. Um, as technology has been advancing uh, rapidly over the past years, the way that it's worked is um, as Minecraft has gotten into the Hour of Code campaign, they've made sure to be giving kids the proper tools for education to kickstart their enthusiasm in learning to code. And both the Hour of Code campaign and Minecraft has made coding seem extremely fun and entertaining with a very familiar blocky feel. And Code of Hour of Code is run by Code.org, which is a nonprofit dedicated to expanding access to computer science in schools and increasing participation by women and unrepresented minorities in, in computer sciences. Our vision, um, so sorry, I took this from their website, uh, Code.org says, our vision is that every student in every school has the opportunity to learn computer science, just like biology, chemistry, or algebra. Code.org provides the leading curriculum for K through 12 computer science in the largest school districts in the United States. And Code.org also organizes the annual Hour of Code campaign, which has engaged 15% of all students worldwide. Um, the top-down view of Minecraft provided in the tutorial for coding gives players a feeling as if they are doing something. If a player has, has noticed that they have done something wrong or messed up, they can fix it by going back and looking what they did wrong. So essentially you have the code, you have the code as one piece that they're interacting with and having the top-down view of the world, they can see the code enacted in real time. And that's how they kind of like go in and fix. Um, yeah, so because of Minecraft's origins and how it kind of came up with being based on how people use it, and people generating their own things it's kind of facilitated the ability to do stuff like this which i don't see that happening in another game like i can't think of a game that would actually fit to this because it is so simple like i don't know how modding works really in like fallout and stuff but like i don't think you can replicate like a fallout modding process within like an hour of code thing like this works yeah with it being basic i think this is like the perfect way for its basicness to like be the probably the biggest benefit is it's just easily accessible to this education sphere uh because as cool as like arc and as cool as like making you know thomas the train show up in skyrim instead of dragons like it's got to be a lot harder than doing that like the same thing in minecraft um yeah i can't think of I and mean, i'm sure you could but as easy as this i can't really think of any I also think too like to what you both said about like this being like kids play this kids love this um I definitely think there are a lot of adults who love it but I think that there's a sort of there's a an accessibility of having it be so simplistic that uh, at least like looking at like the amount of people who played at that time and like my brother's experience like this is some of like the first like gaming it since gaming addiction is a thing this is like the first time for a lot of kids that like you're now teaching Adrian that they actually had a game where they got like a level of immersion and uh, kind of like obsession with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's the only reason why like Minecraft is still relevant in my life. If I wasn't teaching, I don't think mine I would like deal with Minecraft really outside of that. But it's really gotten into the education sphere, and I'm interested to see um, if my school has any plans of like making it bigger than just like an after school club. Because I think 
it'd be beneficial to have. Oh my god, am I gonna am I gonna start the Minecraft club where we actually learn stuff? Oh no, look could be did. possible. Look what you did, Kate. Look what you did. Well, you're already you're already an <laughs> esports coach. I know. Like a it's a nat- <laughs> natural progressions. Um. Yeah. So the uh, other but why though is that it's everywhere. Pretty much, um, Mahjong has received offers from Hollywood to make uh, for, uh TV shows. Um. Don't really know if that would work, but I guess story mode's already a TV show, for the most part. It's an interactive TV show. Netflix Did- is making those now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't no, know. They we are need that. Netflix. Is, I know, Netflix I know, but I don't know if we need that for adventures. Minecraft. I mean, I guess I keep thinking. I'm, th- I'm thinking if I need that, I guess kids would like that. I guess like well, an interactive like, Minecraft thing on Netflix. Well, Matt, like you, you sat and watched that. Is a thing. Is it not the same? Like, do you not get the same feeling? I guess choosing A on your phone to make it happen on the big screen versus like choosing A on your controller at home to make it choose that on a TV screen, like, as a TV story? No. Why? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I, I did the Bear Grylls one for, like, an episode. <laughs> and I kind of did, like, making Bear Grylls, like, go swim in the ocean, <laughs> like, instead of, like, walking on, like, the land or something stupid. So I guess, all right, I'm with it. So why is it different? One, most of those things that you're talking about and refer to are usually in a crowd of people, and so it makes it actually a vote system of interaction between large amounts of people, or even like far as like play. That's like you doing with like lots of people versus me sitting in my home. It's like when you do, I think like Goosebumps tried to introduce those books for a while, like a long time ago. Yeah. It, did you like that? Did you oh. like going from page three to never mind? Go to page forty-seven. No, but I go like, back to page I seven. Your, go page I liked, to thirty-eight. I liked choose your own adventure books. Those were fun. I didn't like it when I did Goosebumps because they were stupid. Oh, but but what's the difference, Kate? The adventure books, like the actual like choose your own adventure adventure books, like it was really cool. So it was really cool when I would read like the Nancy Drew type books that were choose your own adventure. It was like the something treehouse. And essentially, you were, like, solving a mystery. And so, like, having to choose your own adventure when you're solving a mystery with those books was awesome. But also, now that I'm remembering the Treehouse books that we did, we did do in class, and we chose them as a class. I don't think I read them by myself. Thank you. They're great to do in crowds. They're great to do at conventions. They're great to do when you're streaming with people. That's why people love Jackbox. Nobody wants to do this shit by themselves. Adrian just said he likes that he barrel in the water. He also so said that with Stefani, so it's technically not by myself. Like I'm not gonna stop this recording and like go play by myself. That seems kind of weird. Like it's 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 fun when you're doing it with somebody else. Matt's right, uh, <laughs> but given that there are like kids who do this in groups anyway, there's an application for it. I I still think. I just don't. I just don't. I'm sorry. I do it by myself. <laughs> I'll do it on stream. How about that? <laughs> if, if they come out with it for Netflix. Um, so beyond that, there was supposed to be a Minecraft movie that was supposed to come out in May of 2019 from Warner Brothers. Um, the creative people behind that movie ended up getting replaced. And so now it's scheduled to be released in on March 4th in 2022. So it's um, like the Flash movie. It'll happen at some point. Got it. <laughs> 
Um, in addition to a documentary about the development of Mahjong and Minecraft that was released in 2012, Tilted Minecraft, The Story of Mahjong, was a film that was produced by Two Player Productions. And in 2014, um, an attempt to crowdfund a fan film through Kickstarter was shut down by person because he didn't want them to have the license. He's like, I, I need another $2.5 billion before yep. you use my stuff. The reason it's funny is there's a lot of fan-created graphic novels and single-issue comics that are made based on uh, the way Minecraft is done. Um, and those didn't get shut down. <laughs> Only the film. Um, and a lot of people have actually made films with Minecraft. Like, it's interesting. Um... So, merchandise, the largest one that you probably see at every gaming convention that you go to is the Prop Diamond Sword. It's the blue sword made out of the blocks. I hate that thing. I hate that thing. That's Minecraft. I hate it. A lot of people know that. Um, About to get real meta, there's a Lego set based on Minecraft called Lego Minecraft that was released in 2012 called Micro World. Really? And it's set you around. T- you the talk all this trash to me. <laughs> no, I mean the trash is still there, but like they they eventually made a Lego section, which I actually think is stupid and repetitive, and I don't know why they did it other than money. Apparently, it's not repetitive because when you bring up the Legos, there's a difference. There is no. It's the same concepts. One is just finite. I don't want to get the Legos for Minecraft when I have Minecraft as a game and I can do whatever I want with it. Resource management. Yes, that's why I've never played creative mode. <laughs> Although you can fly in creative mode, which is actually kind of fun. Um, Mahjong submitted the concept of Minecraft merchandise to Lego in 2011, and it took about a year for them to make their actual sets. Um, and then there are two more sets that were released in 2013 uh, based on the nether and village areas of the game that were released in, uh, like I said, 2013. And a fourth Microworld set um, based on the end came out in 2014. Mahjong also collaborates with Jinx, um, which if you're a gamer, you know. Jinx that the pretty clothing? Much. Yep, the yeah. clothing and accessories. Um, yeah. They own uh, that licensing from Minecraft and Microsoft. Um, they do foam pickaxes, toys, and all the clothing. And by 2012, they had made over a million dollars just in merchandise sales, um, specifically t-shirts and socks. Um in 2013, Mahjong signed a deal with the Egmont Group, which is a children's book publisher to create Minecraft handbooks, annuals, poster books, and magazines. And what it actually just came out this week is a trade paperback of the Dark Horse comic. You want to say, like, what the week is? The week of June 3rd in 2019. Man, they, 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 there's an episode. There's a date of when our stuff is uploaded. They're fine. <laughs> there is. But yes, no. Um, the first also, like, of- how many of our listeners are going to go like get the Minecraft trade paperback? I heard <laughs> influencers were a big thing, and that is now my <laughs> new goal: is to be an influencer, so I can walk around and tell everybody how much I'm of an influencer. influencer I am. I influence people by being an influencer. But for some perspective, the people who make Hellboy also make a Minecraft comic. So. Yeah, go. but I saw that last Hellboy movie, so what's really the difference? That doesn't count. That's Lionsgate's <laughs> fault. That's not Dark Horse's fault. But is it not really? Because the guy who made, created Hellboy, which would then be 
Anyway, <laughs> Minecraft has been referenced. Uh, so pop culture wise, that's also a bit why though, because Minecraft has been referenced in other video games such as RuneScape, Torchlight 2, Borderlands 2, Choplifter HD, Super Meat Boy, The Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, The Binding of Isaac, The Stanley Parable, and FTL Faster Than Light. Um, it was also referenced by um, EDM artist Dead Mouse in his performances. A simulation of the game was featured in Lady Gaga's uh, Guy music video. The game is also referenced in Informative Murder Porn, the second episode of the 17th season of the animated television series South Park. Um, Lucas, the 17th episode of the 25th season of the animated series uh, The Simpsons was inspired by Minecraft, and Person responded by tweeting, I'm not sure I, how I feel about it, in response to the Simpsons episode. Um, so he last... was okay with the South Park one, but I that Simpson so. one. Yeah, don't understand why. I haven't um, seen either episode, so I, I don't do know. I do actually want to see the South Park Minecraft episode, just because of how they did Make Love Not Warcraft. So That is, that is a great episode. That's it definitely is top. Episode. That is definitely top five episodes for me. So I, I do actually really want to see how they did the Minecraft stuff. Um, and then, of course. Oh, that, that's the one where um, instead of like watching uh, like the first 48 on TV, all the parents are playing Minecraft and like killing each other in the thing. And everyone's like, being like, oh, they murdered her. They murdered her. But like Stan's mom. Our Stan's dad just killed like Stan's mom like in the game, but they're making it seem like it's actually they killed him in her life. It's a, it's a pretty good episode. It's I solid. actually want to see that. That sounds really good. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty solid episode for sure. Okay, I need to watch that. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the last but why though is they have their own damn convention. Uh, Minecon is the official convention dedicated to Minecraft. The first one was held at Mandalay, Bo uh, Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. So don't um, ever tell me this is a kid thing ever again. Once you hit Vegas, the whole kid thing thrown out the window. I'm sorry. I mean, you all kept saying that it was a kid's thing. I did not actually say it was a kid thing. Adrian said yeah, it was a kid show thing. Show me the demographics of the thing, and let's go look at, like... How many kids are even okay. allowed in Mandalay hey, Bay Hotel and Casino? I've been to Mandalay point, Bay as a kid. I, I've been in there. While I finish this point, Adrian, look up the demographics. I mean, the demographics is obviously kids. Anyway, One, they're, they're going to skew all... for the education thing. And two, they're going to skew because they can handle the yellow blocks. Uh, so the con took place in November of 2011. And all of the 4,500 tickets sold for MineCon 2011 were sold out by October 31st. The uh, event included the official launch of Minecraft uh, keynote speeches... Uh, including one by person, building and costume contests, Minecrafting, breakout classes, exhibits by leading gaming and Minecraft-related companies, commemorative merchandise, and autograph and pictures with Ma Mahjong employees and well-known contributors to the Minecraft community. Um, the reason I really want to point out the fact that um, they had a convention in Mandalay Bay uh, in Las Vegas that sold out 4,500 tickets. Before this game came out of beta, these people are all just people wanted to go to Vegas in alpha and beta. So this isn't even Minecon at its full form. So time out. How many kids are actually playing this in beta then? Oh, I don't think. I actually think it starts off as an adult thing. Um, yeah, because like I, I was said, like, one, you have Vegas and casino, and then two, if you're going beforehand, there's no way people are doing any. Yeah, 
Yeah, no. It, it may have transpired I, into a kid game, but yes. that, based on that, there's no way in hell that was a kid yeah, game. Yeah, no, it's it's essentially gone to a kid Which, by the way, we'll see when you talk about all the other locations that it totally went to a kid game. Yes. Um. So after Minecon, there was an Into the Nether after party with Dead Mouse. Um. there. Um, free codes were given to every attending of Minecon that unlocked alpha versions of Mahjong Scrolls, as well as an additional non-Mahjong game called Cobalt, developed by Onyx Game Studios. Uh, similar events occurred in Minecon 2012, which took place in Disney Paris in November. Disneyland the, Paris. Disneyland Paris. The tickets for 2012 events sold out in less than two hours. Um, Minecon 2013 was held in Orlando. Minecraft 2015 was held in London. Minecraft Minecon 2016 was held in Anaheim, and Minecon 2017 was held as a live stream instead of being held at a show floor, which is really weird that they went to that. Um, but they titled it Minecon Earth, and it was streamed in November. Do we have any numbers or tickets? Because I. That's all I Because Blizzard did that, like, what, a year ago with the whole live stream, and people actually pay for that? That's, that's, that's like, weird yeah. to me. Yeah, they've been doing that for the last couple of years. Um, I can't really find any information on, like, who goes to this thing. All I can see is that, like, 2017 had 12,000 people in Anaheim, uh, which is a lot of people. Um, for one game. At least yeah. BlizzCon is an umbrella of games. Yeah, and I'm looking at like I'm looking at some of the pictures. It looks like they have like a lot of interactive stuff. So I'm pretty sure these people just went to pay to go to like a Minecraft. To go play Minecraft, basically it looks yeah. like. As of as of twenty eighteen, Minecraft had over over ninety one monthly players. Uh, ninety one million, sorry. I was like ninety one, <laughs> yeah. wow, they they're oh, doing server? great. <laughs> <laughs> had Amazing. Ninety one million monthly players. Yeah, they're killing it. Two point five billion dollars well spent. <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah, so when it hit over 91 million, it was, uh, that's when it hit Game Pass for Microsoft. Um, and a lot of people started playing it, or a lot more started playing it too. Um, yeah, because yeah. Game Pass is like amazing actual deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's all I have on Minecraft. Hopefully I've changed some minds. Adrian, it at least sounds like you now want to get it with your kids at school. Uh, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, no, I I just I mean like I see the benefits of it. I just don't know if like I say like I, I watch a lot of kids play, but I don't think that they're using it to like this extent of no. all the educational benefits, which I want to change. Um, I want if they're going to be playing this, I, I want them doing more than just like oh, let's go mine some diamonds is what they always say. And especially uh, because you're using high school kids, because resource management is kind of kind of really important for those kids. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I learned a whole bunch. I did not know that this thing made this much money um and if i see another diamond pickaxe at a convention i'm gonna throw it out the window um but yeah i learned a lot um i don't know if i'll ever play it like you know but i learned a lot about the the whole thing the thing that i'm not liking about this is it makes me want to go back and play arc which i don't want so it's just there's a lot of uh, mixed feelings going on at the end of this episode for me (laughs) that one i'm never gonna play this I tried. I looked at it. I thought about it. It's just not going to happen. I can't get past the yellow bricks. I'm sorry. It just looks so hideous. But no, I did know for the most part, obviously I learned quite a bit, but I did know quite a, also knew quite a bit. The coding part, I didn't really know the extent of teaching in that. Um, I did know that they used it in classrooms as far as like other types of projects and everything. Just basically to 
easier, more accessible version to like basic architectural design, 3D architectural design. Um, no, I see why people use it. Um, resource management does need to be taught again. Um, I think both of you are terrible at it. Um, I don't know what happened in your high schools. Maybe it's that 90s thing. What? You don't know my life. You don't know my life, Matt. Don't you put that evil on me. You want me to talk to your wife? <laughs> but either way. Um, but no, um, I think resource management is a thing that is severely lacking with people. I know there's a lot of things that people, sadly, is not in control of where, they, where it's not their fault. But I do think people don't know how to manage resources for a lot of things. Whether Yeah, it's, it's not my fault. It's not our fault, Kate. Man, that's all so I ever hear. It's, 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 it's out of our control. So yeah. it's good. We're fine. It's one of those with them pixie sticks. I'm sorry. Sometimes maybe you need to do thing. If you only got two damn pixie sticks, <laughs> don't try to do things with three pixie sticks. Don't tell three people you're going to give it to them. Um, but no, um, yeah, overall, it's good. I see why people use it. I think from an educational standpoint, it'd definitely be something that I would ever, might would have liked to enjoy. All I've learned from these Lego and other thing is we were born in the wrong time. We were! Mm. Which, <laughs> do you really want to be born at a time other than the time we're already in? Well, that's fair. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I don't fair, know. But I mean, from an education standpoint, from an education edu- standpoint, yeah, 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 yeah. Because as much as we talk about teaching and stuff of kids, like our education system is terrible. We have a problem whether it be teachers who still think it's 1984, or we have teachers that just don't have actual training stuff that can do it, or teachers that don't want to do training. We have kids who just don't understand things, and it's pretty bad of just in general. Um, why we make the joke about it? Because if you look up all the ratings of STEM, we are pretty bad and low, especially for the. We're um, extremely low for being a country of our size and industrialization. Our STEM is trash. I think we're in the fifties. I think in science and like the our fifties and sixties in math. I think the forties in science, like rated out of all countries. <clears throat> but um. I'm still not going to play it, especially for like a fun thing. I'll go play Ark and Ride a Dinosaur. It so, looks so much better. You can ride dinosaurs? I don't know if you can ride dinosaurs in that game. I have no I idea, know. but I I would assume that there is a Jurassic Park mod somewhere. I can I'm go play sure the Jurassic is. Park logo, Lego game. How about that? Or the actual there. Jurassic Park theme park game, which I really wanted to get. They've been adding a lot of stuff to that. It's been really um, cool. But no. I see the value. I know the importance. It's still weird that's been 10 years to think about, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing at this point, but still. Yeah. I think ultimately for me, I one of the things that I didn't know before I did the notes was all of the educational aspects, but it tracks with kind of how we talked about Legos and everything. So I think that if Minecraft can be that piece that really pushes more uh, use of video games in the classroom. Like, I'm all for it. Um, Because we have so much technology now that we need to move out of just using, like, limited and expensive resources, like like books and stuff, into a more technological area. But that requires... Does that mean we can sell all of our books? No! (laughs) No, Matt. I like my three bookshelves. Four bookshelves. All you do is it's a lot of weight, a lot of... The trees. I don't have to bother with augmented anymore. reality. You'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's all we had. If you played Minecraft, um, let us know or let us know if you missed stuff. I'm sure I missed stuff. This is like, a, I, this was way more than I thought one game was going to have um, so far as information. So I'm sure I missed things. 
let us know. Uh, you can follow us at ButWhyTheOPC on all of our social media handles, and you can specifically support us more by heading over to patreon.com slash ButWhyTheOPC. We do really cool things like watch movies and rant about why Rotten Tomatoes sucks about said movies for uh, whatever you want us to do at the $10 level of our Patreon. Yeah, we've transitioned from uh, hating the movies to defending the movies from people who hated them. It's, it's been a real nice progression. <laughs> it's been a real roller coaster. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty sure coming up later, people will realize that, and then we'll be back to hating the movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're and, not wrong. And you can access all of those wonderful episodes at the $3 level. Um, so head on over and support us a little bit more. It would it really help keep, you know, Keep our costs, uh, keep our costs down on our side. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. And you can find me at OmaMythRandier oh on Twitter. Adrian. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReach93. S U P E R R U I Z ninety three. Matt. I'm gonna go find one of them swords and throw it off the window. <laughs> <laughs>